0: Welcome to Cohen and Company's Chief Insights Tax Reform Edition podcast. This special series is designed to help business owners and C-suite leaders better understand the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act and its potential impact.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Andreana Shingelia, and I'm a manager at Cohen and Company. Welcome to this episode of Chief Insights Tax Reform Edition. Today, we're going to talk about carried interest and specifically all the changes caused by um, tax reform and how that applies um, to hedge funds, private equity funds, and real estate funds. I'm joined by Rob Vallada, who is a partner in our tax department with a primary focus on our investment industry division. Hello, Rob.
2: Hello, Adriana. Excited to be here. This is a question uh, and an issue that a lot of our clients are dealing with right now, and we're taking a lot of phone calls on this.
1: So Rob is here to help us understand all the issues around the never-dying carried interest discussion. So Rob, to start off, we would like for you to maybe go over what carried interest is.
2: Sure, Andriana. Very simply, a carried interest is a profit's interest, a a split in the profits of a partnership that's not based upon capital contributed to the partnership. So, So think about it this way. You have a money investor who contributes money into the partnership. And then you have another partner who contributes know-how, knowledge, sweat equity. Uh, And in exchange for that, that know-how, knowledge, sweat equity, they receive a piece of the profits that may not be based upon their capital contributed. Uh, While this is very common in the investment industry, you know, it's also common in a lot of other businesses. Uh, Sometimes in technology startups, there might be a founder who receives a piece of the profits with money investors receiving uh, another piece of the profits. But very clearly, the the term carried interest is is just a profits interest that is applicable to private equity and venture capital funds, real estate funds, and hedge funds.
1: So you mentioned um, a few different types of funds. Does the profits interest or the carried interest, is it structured the same way in all those different types of funds?
2: No, Andreana. Each partnership itself may structure a profits interest in a very different manner. That's why it's important for an investor to read the operating agreement of any partnership and also read any other offering documents that the fund may have. However, generally speaking, private equity and real estate funds tend to structure an incentive allocation or carried interest in the same manner. Typically, a private equity fund will structure carried interest to trigger upon a successful exit of investment, basically when that illiquid investment turns into cash. However, a hedge fund is going to invest Uh, In often very liquid investments. Accordingly, a carried interest or incentive allocation may be earned even when there's an unrealized gain event. Typically, a profit's interest in a hedge fund will be generated on an annual basis.
1: So the main concern here is that fund managers were providing services, but in return, they received capital gains as payment for their services. So how did tax reform address that?
2: Sure. So under tax reform, there was a new section enacted, Section 1061. Basically, th- this was the carried interest provision, although it's really defined as something uh, as profits interest applicable to providing services uh, to partnerships. Uh, un- under this, these rules, the fundamental change was it changed a capital gain holding period. Generally speaking, long-term capital gains are applied to anything held for more than one year. Section 1061 put in place a, a change in the rules, and in particular, what it said was a profits interest or an allocation of partnership interest that relates to providing of investment management services. In order to get long-term capital gain rates, you have to have a three-year holding period. So again, that one-year holding period doesn't apply. You now have an exception to this one-year long-term capital gain holding period and says that Uh, In order for a carried interest to have long-term capital gain treatment, you have to have a a three-year holding period with respect to the assets by which this this profits interest is applied.
1: So does this only apply to investment management business?
2: Uh, Generally, yeah. The 1061 is applicable to what's called an an applicable trader business. So it's not applicable to every trader business, just those specifically defined uh, under Section 1061. And it consists of Whole or part of raising or returning capital to investors and either investing in securities, commodities, investments, or uh, rental real estate, cash, derivatives, et cetera, or developing those type of assets. So essentially, somebody who is making money or generating a profits interest by virtue of performance of investments uh, made by other people, 1061 is the new 1061 rules are going to apply.
1: To circle back on what most people think the issue is, you hear a lot in the press about um, the carried interest loophole. So for quite a while now, um, this has been an issue because people believe that investment managers or fund managers put uh, provide services to the fund and then they get capital gains instead of, regular compensation like most people would. So they benefit from the capital gains treatment, which is what the press has been referring to as the loophole. So can you talk a little bit more about that? And can you also let us know why some people believe that tax reform did not really close the loophole?
2: So because of the nature of the investments, you know, Section 1061 really is not going to have a tremendous amount of impact on private equity and real estate funds. Mostly that's because Real estate and private equity funds don't hold investments for less than three years. In order for you to buy an investment, mature it, and ultimately dispose of it at a gain, most private equity funds will take more than three years. And therefore, the three year holding period is really just not applicable. However, the 1061 rules seem to have a pretty dramatic impact around hedge funds, primarily because the performance allocation is done on an annual basis, and also because many hedge funds are trading investments that are being held from one to three years, so the loophole was closed with respect to the various hedge fund managers. However, there may be very limited impact to private equity and real estate funds.
1: So, Rob, wasn't there a rule related to corporations
2: under Section 1061? There's a specific rule that excludes corporations from these carried interest provisions. And when you think about why it applies, why these rules are exempt for corporations it's because corporations now have a flat 21% tax rate. There was a, a industry movement towards setting up S-corporations or thinking about setting up S-corporations to get around the carried interest rules under 1061. In particular, the thought was you could set up an S-corporation to avoid these, ten, these rules under ten, Section 1061 because the rules specifically excluded a corporation. However, recently the IRS has issued a notice that says Section 1061 will still apply to S-corporations, and this corporation exclusion only relates to C-corporations.
1: So can we talk a little bit about um, the issues around the general partner's um, investment in the fund versus the services that the general partner actually performs for the fund? As we know, um, the so-called loophole is usually associated with the services that the the general partner performs, how about the actual investment that is similar to what a limited partner's investment would be?
2: Sure. So very clearly, general partners in funds are partners. And in many cases, general partners will contribute money to the fund and want to invest alongside the limited partners. So in addition to getting a carried interest or incentive allocation, the general partner will often have performance of, of its capital. Under 1061, the investment performance of contributed capital does not fall under these three-year rules. So if I'm a fund manager and I invest a million dollars into a fund, my performance on that million dollars would be just like that of any other limited partner. However, any incentive allocation or profits interest or carried interest that is applicable may have this three-year holding period rule. So how does that play in? I think it's important to start thinking about How do you separate those two uh, partnership interests? In many cases, partnerships will combine those two and treat a a general partner investor as one investor and have one capital account. And I think there's a risk that some things that may be associated with investment performance may be miscategorized as being subject to this three-year holding period. Uh, So clearly, we're recommending uh, advisors and general partners of funds look at ways to separate out its general partner capital investment from that of its carried interest or incentive allocation.
1: Rob, so so far you have given us a lot of information. There has been a lot of changes. Uh, It sounds like there is a lot more to come. So out of everything we talked about, what should our listeners be thinking about um, and what do you think is coming in the
2: future? We're currently awaiting proposed regulations with respect to many parts of tax reform. In particular, carried interest is something of major concern for our investment manager clients. As we look at what the takeaways are, there's really three things. Number one, it's determined, does this actually apply to your situation? Do the rules related to carried interest have an impact to, to the fund manager? The second item of relevancy is looking at the general partnership interest, and in particular, making sure that there's enough separation between the invested capital of the general partner and the carried interest, making sure that the carried interest rules would not taint the invested capital or the performance on the invested capital of the, of the general partner interest. And the third thing is looking at hedge funds. As we understand how the rules might work for private equity and real estate, the rules seem pretty straightforward relative to the three-year holding period. How these rules may apply with respect to a hedge fund and an annual profits interest that may include unrealized gain is something that we really are spending a good amount of time understanding how these rules might apply pending further regulations.
1: Thank you, Rob. This wraps up our discussion on carried interest. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast, and have a great day.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Chief Insights Tax Reform Edition. Subscribe to this podcast series at cohencpa.com slash podcasts. To gain more entrepreneurial insights that may impact you, visit us at cohencpa.com impact. Cohen and Company is not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Information contained in this podcast is considered accurate as of the date of recording. Any action taken based on information in this podcast should be taken only after a detailed review of the specific facts, circumstances, and current law.